Hi, Lindsay. Thanks so much for joining us on Britain's Birth Stories podcast. Hiya. Hi. Uh, would you like to begin by telling us who is in your family and where are you based? So I live with my husband. We've got a three-year-old, Max, um, and then I've just had little Beatrice. Um, she's uh, 17 weeks old now and oh. we live in Newcastle. Amazing, amazing. And... Um, I heard uh, Beatrice is, is someone who likes sleeping while you're quite active, as you've said. <laughs> yeah, she likes to be pushed to sleep. Oh, all right. Okay, uh, well, why don't we get straight into your first pregnancy? Was that something that you'd thought about or did it just sort of happen? No, so, well, we weren't married at the time and we kind of said before we settled down, you know, got married and had children, we would, like, have one last, like, big travel, we'll go somewhere. And then, like, one day I was like, oh, my God, I can't get out of bed. Like, didn't know what to do with myself. So I'm a nurse and I was a bit like, oh, like, I just couldn't pull myself round and I just felt dreadful. Mm -hmm. And I thought what would I do at work to somebody who had said that? So I thought, I'll do a pregnancy test just to rule that out. Yeah. And there it was, positive, and I was like, oh, my God. Oh, wow. Uh, um. So, obviously, I mean, we're over the moon, and, you know, we weren't really bothered that that had happened. Um. So, yeah, that was that, and away we went with it. Amazing. And, and, and how did you feel during that pregnancy? So that pregnancy, I was more, like, really excited. We didn't know, like, what to expect. You know, like, I knew for much as I was a nurse, like, I had no idea what, you know, was coming. Like, I didn't know about midwife appointments or going for scans or anything like that. Yeah. Um, And then it was like, oh, you have to come, like, every so many weeks. And I was thinking, I work. Like, yeah. But obviously, and then we're like, yeah, that's totally normal. You just go to the. All right. Um. So that was that really for, <laughs> you know, was like like I say, really excited. Um, yeah. a new hospital had been built where we lived, and we're like, oh, we'll have the baby there, and that'll be like obviously really nice, and yeah. you know, Sean could have his own room, which is quite unusual for like a hospital for the dad to be able to stay over yeah yeah so obviously we're like really excited about that oh that's great. and the pregnancy went really well yeah yeah that sounds amazing and and how did you feel in terms of support from like family and even just the services that you were uh, engaging with while you were pregnant so our family was great I mean they were really excited they were their thoughts were like thank god for that it's about time um right. so they were really good um the maternity services weren't great um from that hospital I had so a few towards the end I had like quite a lot of reduced movement and were just like oh yeah that's that's normal drink a can of pop go in a hot bath do this do that and I thought if my baby's not moving, mm-hmm. you know, I think, you know, you need to see is not suggest a drinking can of pop. Yeah. To stimulate them, that's quite an old-fashioned thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, by the by, and he was absolutely fine. 
Amazing, amazing. And and how how did your labour begin and how did you progress through that? So I got to 41 weeks. Wow. Um, and, the, uh, well, so I had SPD. Right. So I decided enough was enough. He needs to come out now. Um, so I was induced. Um, and again, I wasn't really sure. I wasn't really explained, like, the induction process. Mm-hmm. Um, so we went in quite early in the morning. Um, and then just a lot of students came in and, you know, just had a bit of a chat. And I was thinking, when's this going to start? Um, so they'd started with, like, a pessary in the afternoon. And then I think it got to towards midnight and I hadn't really made any progression. So they decided to put up the drip. Right. And then from from the drip going up, it was like going from naught to a, to 10 very quickly, mm-hmm. very painfully, mm-hmm. um, which I don't know why. I, t- I just wasn't expecting that. Yeah. Um, anyway, and then just the whole thing, I wasn't really expecting. I wasn't really prepared for Um you know, like the gas and air, I wasn't really using very well. And the midwife, she was lovely, but didn't really, you know, she wasn't saying, this is how you do it. You know, I was like, it was, I was just not doing it properly. I wasn't getting, like, the best, you know, effectiveness from it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so then I'd said I wanted an epidural, which didn't really work. Um, but anyway, in the end... That's kind of said, you know, you need to start, you know, making a bit more effort to push this baby out. Otherwise, we'll, you know, we'll take you to theatre and you'll end up, like, with a forceps delivery, which I think spurred us on quite quickly. Yeah. And out he came. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and how, was, how was the pushing stage for you? So I don't really, that bit of his labour, I don't really remember. Yeah, yeah. Um, You know, like... When I, when me and Sean talk about the two different labours, like Sean said, you know, I wasn't really making a great deal of effort. I wasn't really engaged in what was going on. You know, I think I was just hoping that by some miracle the baby was just going to come out mm-hmm. themselves. Yeah, yeah. And, and when he eventually did come out, how was that for you for the first few hours? So that was great. It was really good. The hospital, so from that point, as soon as he was out, the hospital were really good. Um, obviously, they pushed breastfeeding quite a lot, and we ended up staying in hospital for five days to try and establish breastfeeding. Right. Um, and it just, I mean, it didn't happen because he just wasn't wasn't interested. And he ended up losing quite a lot of weight and became jaundiced because he wasn't feeding. Right. Um, so then we just said, you know, the decision to just bottle feed him, that's what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously to get rid of the jaundice. Um, and then after that, we got sent home. Mm-hmm. And I had quite a lot of pain. Um, my temperature was really high. And I was like, just, I rang them back and I said, you know, I'm quite poorly. I'm, I'm not well at all. This pain's worse than the actual labour. Um you know, and they kind of just said, oh, it's just normal, after pains. And I was thinking, this, is, this isn't an after pain. Like, my temperature's really high. Yeah. I'm worried. And on day 14, I went back to have the rest of the placenta taken out. Right, right. So had it retained? 
so there was quite a lot of placenta left behind mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and after after that had been handled how, how were you feeling oh it was awful because i just i felt like you know i'd said to them you've palmed me off for a week now you know saying that it's just normal and this isn't normal you know yeah. I, I felt dreadful and you know you had every answer under the sun except the most obvious one that there was a bit of placenta left mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. oh that's such a shame and in terms of that postnatal time how were you overall after experiencing that as well so it was awful so when i went back to theater um so i went back to the ward that we stayed on after delivery but i didn't really want max in the hospital anymore yeah um, so i stayed with my mom while obviously i had the operation and then like the nurses came in and they were like oh you know really your baby should be with you and i was thinking well you weren't capable of looking after me and listening to me so i definitely don't want my son here yeah um you know and obviously ended up going home quite quickly but it was was it just a really sad time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like it just wasn't the it wasn't perfect which i think is what a lot of people envisage it to be you know those first few weeks of living in your lovely little bubble yeah it just wasn't that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well I, I also think a lot of people put pressure on on first-time parents and and obviously there are the horror stories that you're told but also there's people who say it's gonna be amazing it'll feel so great and and yeah. you, you do build your hopes up quite high and and some things do happen that you never expected or planned for and then it can have a really harsh effect on people because they just keep wondering why didn't I get that experience everyone was talking about yeah well so I decided that I wanted to chat with them about that because I thought what happened if that happened to somebody else and they were just told oh that's normal you know I said to them you know postpartum sepsis can kill people yeah you know so I was a bit more switched on to that. Mm-hmm. But if that was somebody else, they might not have been. And then what would you have done? You know, yeah, yeah. it just wasn't the safest thing to do. And I think from taking, you know, going that way with it helped. Yeah. yeah you know, to get some answers. And they were like, actually, yes, we're really sorry. We recognise what's happened. Um, and then they changed. Um their antenatal, uh, sorry, their postnatal care. Mm-hmm. And some of the, so obviously, Ned said about the antenatal care as well. I said, you know, when obviously we had the reduced movement and things, I said, you know, my advice was quite old fashioned. And again, my advice postpartum was old fashioned. Yeah. So they'd ended up changing their service to, you know, a proper triage service so that, you know, women were listened to and brought in you know, and had a quick examination, and on that examination, if things were normal, then, you know, the advice would be from there, as opposed to just, oh, well, you know, that's normal after pains, get on with it sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, definitely, and and good for you for for having uh, the strength to be able to question and to take that further for yourself. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, so as you'd gotten over that initial 
a difficulty and, and continued to live with your, your baby in your bubble. When did you think about maybe having another child? Was that something you'd thought about or did that just come up? So my husband has, I mean, he says now, you know, 17 weeks later, when are we going to have with it, baby? But said, oh, you know, maybe we'll wait till Max is a little bit older, till he's at school. So he's had his time with us. Yeah. Um, you know, so we'll wait till he goes to nursery. And then we decided that we're going to get married was the other thing. Um, so we got married and we said we would hang on till then. And then we would just, as soon as we we're married, we would try for a baby. So we got married in November last year. Um, Lovely. And then we ended up going to New York for our honeymoon. Oh. And when we came back from New York, I went, turned up at work the next day and they're like, well, you shouldn't be here. This isn't your shift today. And I was thinking, oh, God, how have I made such a mistake? And anyway, I was like really, really tired. I couldn't pull myself around. And mm-hmm. again, Sean was like, maybe you're pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> and then there we were, pregnant again. <laughs> and And how were you feeling? We were just absolutely over the moon that it happened so quickly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's um, you know, obviously, like I just, I was quite worried. I thought mm, maybe, it, maybe it won't happen so easily the next time. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe, like, what if we're going to be trying for years? And you know, right. and I just, I was like really overcome. I was just like, oh, I can't believe that this has happened so quick. Um, so that was all lovely until March and the pandemic hit. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. And how was that pregnancy for you? So I was absolutely terrified. Um, you know, the midwife, my community midwife was like, you, should, you need to leave work. Um, because would you put your baby, obviously with being at work, she was like, would you put your baby, just because they're inside of you, would you put a baby on the outside at risk with somebody next like with COVID? Mm-hmm. So obviously that was really awful and work said, yep, away you go. So I went on, obviously I went off work at 20 weeks pregnant. Right. Um, so I had a long time at home, mm-hmm. which was lovely. I had a long time at home with Max. Um you know, and he had that time that he would never have had. Um, Max was born and he was nine and a half pound. Wow. So we had growth scans this time just to make sure that obviously the second baby wasn't going to be as big or bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And at one, at the second growth scan, they had said, oh, your baby's tummy looks really big. Here's a blood sugar monitoring kit. Um, do that and bring this number and let us know how you get on. And I was like, whoa, 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 wait. I was like, what What do you mean? Like, what? what's the problem? Yeah. Um, and this was at like four o'clock in the afternoon. Um, and they were like, well, you might have gestational diabetes. So, you know, we just want to rule that out. Right. Gestational diabetes. I was like, well, you need to tell me a bit more about this. But obviously the clinic was closed and that was that. Mm-hmm. So I went mm-hmm. home and Googled immediately gestational diabetes um, and what that would mean yeah. for pregnancy, for the baby and for me. And obviously one of the biggest risk factors of it is stillbirth. Yeah, yeah. And at that point, I just, I just, I wanted the baby out there and then. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, I was like, I need to know everything about this. I need to know what, you know, what are you going to do? Like, the, the information we'd had was just so minimal. You know, here's a blood sugar machine. Off you go. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I was a bit like, all right. And then so I'd monitored my blood sugar and one reading out of the week was slightly high. Mm-hmm. And that was it. They were like, yep, start your metformin straight away. And I was thinking, Sam, we have not fallen. Like, yeah. And they changed my diet completely. And I think it's just one reason. And mm-hmm. I was like looking up the nice guidelines. And you, they were like, no, no, we're not taking the risk. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was fine. I was just like, right, okay. They said I would be induced or have a section in 38 weeks. And I was thinking, this is really overwhelming. I don't understand like where this has all come from. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. And then we had the last growth scan. Like, our heads, actually, me and our femur were all massively in line. Um, and they said that that could, like, it was unlikely that it was gestational diabetes, but let's just go with it because we've come this far now and I was being induced a week later. Right. Um, so there was no point in changing anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went in induction at 38 weeks um obviously on my own um, because sean couldn't come um so that was fine i wasn't really bothered i thought well i know what's coming this time so you know that's that's fine Um, and they were really lovely it was almost as if covid didn't exist on that ward Uh um you know the midwives you know there was only four women in the induction bay um and we all, like, made friends and had a good little chat and bounced on the ball together. The midwives yeah. kept coming in and checking we were okay and just having a chat. And it was almost as if, like, that was normal. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, obviously, because I'd had a baby before, she said after the pessary, it would be really likely that they would be able to break my waters. Mm-hmm. Um, so after four hours, she said, yes, we can just go ahead and do that so I was moved to a room um, and she'd said you know yes we can do it bring your husband now so I rang Sean and said come now um, so waters went and then I decided that this time I didn't really want an epidural I wanted to be more in control of what was going on yeah. um, a lot more aware and I'd done quite a lot of hypnobirth and like practice beforehand Amazing, and yeah. a pens machine with us as well and that whole labour it only lasted two hours wow. um, but that whole labour was very quick very calm it was just so different to the first one mm-hmm. you know I was really aware of what was going on and like I was aware of every contraction and that it was you know going to be time to beat my baby yeah um, and then I'd got a bit, I think towards the end, I was really irritated. You know, I'd said, I need to go to the toilet, I need to get off the bed. Um, I was desperate for a wee. Mm-hmm. And they were saying, no, 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 this is your baby coming. You need to listen to your body. This is your baby. And I was thinking, it's not my baby. I need a wee. <laughs> Why is no, like, and I was thinking, the toilet is like two metres away from me. Yeah. Why aren't they letting me go? Right. And I was like begging Sean. I was like, please, please tell them. I don't want to have, like, we on the bed. And he was running to listen to them. Um, and she said, just, just push and see what happens. And I pushed and she came out. 
Wow. Um, so it was very, very quick. Mm-hmm. Um, and she said that she wasn't, obviously, <laughs> they weren't expecting that. Um, so we obviously delivered her, and that was great. Um, and I'd said, so part of the gestational diabetes guidelines is to feed them quite quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought, well, I don't want to try breastfeeding this time. Um, I just want to feed her. So Sean fed her. Um, and then they noticed I had quite a big postpartum hemorrhage. Right. Um, so I lost two litres at that right. time. Um, and they were obviously quite worried about that. Um, they pulled like the alarm, the doctors all came in. And, um, you know, and things had gone from being really calm to really chaotic really quickly. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I was thinking, but I feel fine. What's like what's all this fuss about? Yeah. Um, and then I think when people came in, they noticed that Beatrice wasn't breathing very well. Mm-hmm. Um. So she was taken to special care, and then they said, "We're probably going to have to take you to theatre to try and stop this bleeding." I was thinking, "Yeah, absolutely not taking me to theatre." This isn't going to happen again. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So they'd agreed that after an infusion um, and a couple of injections that I could, you know, hang on and it did stop bleeding. So it was, I was quite relieved that yeah. I didn't have to go. Yeah. But obviously then Beatrice was in special care at that point. And, and, and how did she progress? So they'd started uh, just initially on oxygen. Um, Sean was sent home and they increased her oxygen to like a non-invasive ventilation. Um, and then a few hours later when I'd gone to see her, they'd said, we're quite worried about her now. She needs to be fully intubated. And obviously that just hit me like a ton of bricks. I was thinking, yeah. this is the worst case scenario. Why is this happening? Um, and obviously, so their explanation was the delivery was so quick that she wasn't squeezed properly on her way out. Right. Um, so obviously all the amniotic fluid that was inside of our lungs wasn't squeezed on our way out. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So obviously it was still there, which was given her difficulty breathing. Um, and they just said, obviously, the intubation and the medication that they could give you know, to make our lungs stronger would help. Um, and obviously that was, you know, there was no choice in that. That was what they had to do. Yeah. Um, so she was ventilated for two days, which obviously was the the worst time of my life because me and Sean couldn't visit together. We couldn't see each other at all. So I was like sat on the ward with no baby when yeah. Sean was visiting or I was sat at her bedside with no husband, mm-hmm. terrified that my baby might die. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but after that, um, I'd gone down and they said her blood gas had massively improved and that they were take, you know, they were going to extubate her and she didn't need oxygen. She was fine and she could go back to the ward. And I thought, this is obviously brilliant. This is the best best news. Um, and then we were back on the ward just 24 hours and they said we could go home. 
Amazing. So she turned herself around really, really quickly. And mm-hmm. mm-hmm. in, in, in terms of when you eventually did get home, how was that transition from one to two from you? <laughs> so I thought, what's one more? One more is like having a tornado in your house. <laughs> That's like the best way I can describe it. Like our lovely calm house with our three-year-old was just turned upside down, you know, but in the best way. Like he loves her. You know, he thinks that his little sister is the best thing that's ever happened to him. Yeah. You know, and it was difficult. Like I was really worried about getting out and going to nursery and... But it just happens. Like, I don't even know what routine we're in, but it just happens. Yeah, yeah. And what about you personally? How was that postnatal period? Obviously, you'd had quite a a difficult time initially again. So our health visitor is incredible. Um, And she just came every week and she said, you know, you put, she said, I've obviously known you for a couple of years now with having the other one. Yeah. She said, I've always thought you put on a front. She was like, it's almost as if you put this face on when you answer the door to me. And she was like, and I've always thought she's not as strong as she, she makes herself out to be. Mm-hmm. And then that was that. I think the floodgates just opened and she was like, I'll come every week. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I was like, I just am so traumatised that my, that I think the level of knowledge of your baby being in special care and being intubated, you know, if that hadn't worked, there was nowhere else to go. Like, yeah, yeah. that was it, you know, where options of getting a better were obviously very limited, you yeah. know, if that hadn't have worked. And I think knowing that, you know, really, really got to me, you know, and seeing my baby at the most fully that a human could be mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know and I think how how has this happened when you know I've been at home I've ate well I've really looked after myself you know I've walked you know loads and kept myself really fit and healthy and how has this happened yeah you know and to be told it's just one of those things wasn't enough right yeah and definitely because you've got a medical background that's that's of course going to play on your mind even more isn't it yeah but we had so our hospital that we had so we delivered at a different hospital this time and this hospital has like a birth reflection service yeah so I had that and that was the best thing that I think I could have done like their explanation of what happened and you know step by step everything that you know, happened, you know, not necessarily went wrong, you know, because nothing went wrong, you know, it's just, it was unfortunate that that push came out. Yeah, yeah, and and after you'd engaged uh, with birth reflections, how, how have you been personally for postnatally? Much better, and, you know, when I've spoken to other people who've just had babies, you know, a really good friend of mine had a baby, um, a couple of days earlier and um, her labour wasn't as you know the labour that she expected she had a forceps delivery right. and she was like why why did that happen and I said why don't you just 
ring the birth reflections and they'll tell you step by step your entire day the, the whole time you were there they'll explain yeah. you know what happened and why it happened you know why you needed to to have that mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and I think that you know totally turned this round and obviously the fact now that we've got her she's home she's fine you know and looking at it that way you know it was just a bit of a a bumpy start yeah yeah and and you being a nurse when you had chose where you were gonna have your children did you uh give birth at the place that you work at or did you so the choose first time places? no right because I didn't want to I thought oh if anything goes wrong or I need you know to go to theatre there's a high chance of knowing somebody yeah and I thought do I want to know somebody when I'm in labour yeah <laughs> probably not right um right. and then in hindsight I think by trusting people that I know would have been much better yeah um so obviously the second time round, we delivered in the place that I work and I knew that at that point you know that there was people that I know that if things go wrong you know I trust these people I know them you know I see them on a regular basis you know they are going to put our best interests first yeah yeah and and that's that's amazing because to know the people around you during such a sort of personal time can be can yeah. be a gift sometimes. Yeah, I mean, like one of my friends, she was a, a midwife. Um, she wasn't at work that day. You know, she was like, "But if I am at work when you're there, I'll come in and I can help." And I was thinking, you know, and she said, "You know, I can speak to people and let them know that you're there and that you're worried." You know, so it was much, it was just a much calmer experience, the initial bit, yeah. until obviously she went to special care. Yeah, yeah. Well, honestly, I'm, I'm so thankful that you've come on today and, and really told your truths and, and your experiences, because people do need to know the the realities for some others and it doesn't have to be horrific or really really terrible it just needs to be something that's accepted and supported and heard and and I thank you so much oh it's absolutely fine yeah you know and while my births weren't perfect I've got two perfect little children out of it yeah yeah definitely and and as a nurse thank you so much for everything that you're doing currently oh. and have been. thank you honestly <laughs> 